Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Rescue Radio. Uh, to all of you joining us tonight and those of you who are going to be listening through the archives, Father, God, we just thank you for your word. And we ask tonight that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to receive that revelation, that we would all rightly divide your holy word of truth, that we'd put down our spiritual uh, glasses, our religious glasses, um, our preconceptions and our theologies, and listen to uh, your spirit as you speak to us, teaching us the simplicity, the truth of your gospel. And Lord, we know the enemy's complicated it for many people, bringing them into guilt and condemnation and confusion and just messing everything up so that it all becomes about them and their sin and how to get rid of it rather than about you and your Holy Spirit working inside of us. So Lord, I pray that you'd help us to really understand the difference between the gospel of grace, which is really the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the gospel of good works, which leads us to giving up and gossip and, and uh, going away. So, Father, give us that favor and blessing by your Holy Spirit. We thank you for this great opportunity. And I thank you tonight that um, the roving co-host is back with us. Hi, Jerry. Yes, the uh, roving co-host is roving no more for the moment. Yeah. Uh, glad to be back with you. Yeah. And uh, I hear the show's been going really well. Well, that's what you hear, but do you really know that for a fact? <laughs> I, I believe that. Okay. I, I just believe that because I, I know you and uh, yeah. I know that uh, you're bringing out the truth mm-hmm. and, and communicating in a, in a powerful way. So, You know, we have a really interesting topic tonight, and I kind of use titles to provoke people to check us out a little bit. So tonight, we're, we're doing this series on the Book of Lies, but we're going to deviate from that maybe in a, in a week or two from now. We've got a couple of ex- exciting things we're going to try to pull off here. But um, the book of lies, we're we're going through a bunch of kind of standardized lies, typical things that people believe uh, about themselves, about God, about the world. And tonight we picked one that um, you've probably heard this, and I'm going to give you the quiz. Uh, The devil made me do it, true or false? What do you say? Oh, boy. It could be a trick question. It could be a trick question. Um, The devil made me do it. What do you say? Well, a lot of people... Uh, make excuses for their behavior, and, and they do it, you know, as a joke, just really flippantly, and say, "Well, you know, I'm sorry, you know, I, I did this or whatever I did, and uh, the devil made me do it," and, and, and they do it as, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of as as a joke. And uh, now some people blame, you know, the devil for everything, you know, ev- everything, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. and so, some people. Defend the devil for almost everything. Well, defend you know. the devil, or or they just take say the he doesn't act like he doesn't exist. That it's or just, he wouldn't be interested in tempting us. We're we're nothing. We're not part of the God's big plan. And you know, a, a lot of people really don't know what to do with the devil and putting him in the equation. And they say, oh, you give him too much credit, or you talk about the devil too much, or you know, Jesus paid paid the price, and it's all under the blood, and so we should just talk about Jesus. Well, yeah, I mean. Uh, of course, Jesus in all things he is to have the preeminence. We you know, know this, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, he, he, the, the power of God is so 
far, 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 far superior to any Thank any you. power yeah. that uh, the Satan or enemy has. Uh, but, but yet he is here. He is he is a defeated a de- foe. defeated foe. But he's still um, the uh, mop up operations have not been, yet been completed. Yeah. And but he's still around. Mm-hmm. Um, well, even though God is so powerful mankind. and so above whatever Satan is trying to pull off down here, we're not that clever, smart, devious, or powerful. Um, God has given us authority over all the power of the enemy. Right. And, and that's different than um, arm wrestling him or something. Yeah, Paul said, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So mm-hmm. uh, in a sense, you know, the old saying, knowledge is power. And, that, and that's true. The more that you know, not just headlines in your heart, in your spirit mm-hmm. about the, the greatness of God and the, and the truth of God, uh, then you're, the, the better you are to combat and, and deal with whatever uh, the enemy, mm-hmm. uh, Satan, will uh, throw at you. So, yeah, so let's, you know, here's a, here's a couple of problems. True or false, maybe you'll be able to answer it by the end of the show. But, you know, a lot of people say, well, th- here's some typical responses to that in the contra- and to contra- contradict it or to counter it. Um, it was your choice. Um, you give the devil too much credit. It's under the blood, like I said. Um, or, you know, well, it's just part of my sinful human nature. nature. I can't really help well, myself. Here, here's the deal. Uh, pause there a little bit. Uh, you know, we do have this awesome power of choice, and we, we can maybe break these down more specifically oh, we as we to. go along. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a lot here to deal. This with. is like untangling. We a do huge have a free will. Knot. We do have choices to make. Mm-hmm. We are influenced. Uh, our will is influenced by these two spiritual kingdoms: mm-hmm. spirit of you know the spirit of, of Satan, the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of light. They are uh, working, influencing us in our choices. Now, um, well, let's, can, can, I, are yeah. you, can I interrupt you? Yeah. Okay, let's think about this whole spiritual you know, thing. We've got uh, the mysteries of God and the mysteries of iniquity. We've got, you know, it's like, it's like a puzzle, pers- a person who does puzzles. One, someone who does a puzzle, you know what they do, the doer of the puzzle, he's, he, they've got a thousand puzzle, and they get it, get all the pieces out of the same box. Um, so they're assuming that all the pieces belong to the same picture and that when they get all those pieces put together, they will have the picture that's on the box and all those pieces will fit nicely together. They won't have to jam them, cram them, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll fit nicely um, and they'll get, and they all belong. Now here's what I see has happened. We have the, the, the puzzle um, box, which would be the Word of God, which contains thousands and thousands of pieces of theology or pieces of doctrine or pieces of truth. Right, that, that's the whole. That's the true that's big the, picture. Yeah, of everything. that's everything. Right, yeah. but we don't have a particular picture that's right there in front of us on the box, and and so, but but here's what I see has happened. Somehow the devil's got into the the box where he takes other pieces that look like the pieces that belong in the box, and he throws them. He hands them to us. Maybe they're not coming out of the box. Maybe he's handing them to us through our minds, our emotions, our experiences. Here's a piece. Here's something. Here, this just happened. What, you know? And he, he begins to uh, deceive us by getting us to uh, put, try to put these, fit these pieces of our experience into the big picture of what God says. So the big picture of what God says is, 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 is absent. 
in the thinking of a lot of people. Well, and, and you know, and we make the assumption that the, the the big picture of what God says, you know, we're assuming that. Well, we I guess we don't assume we, we don't know that they should all fit together. All those pieces, like for example, like um, like all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none mm-hmm. righteous, no, not one. And then he says, um, His seed remains in us, and we cannot sin. Um, it just just things that look paradoxical, contradictory, or whatever. Um, they must, as as paradoxical as they might look, they must, under rightly dividing the word of God, they will come together to make a perfect and complete whole according to the spirit of God. Right, and we and that's. Uh, but big... some people, honey, they just let the they they, they don't mind if the, if they paint themselves into a theological corner. They don't mind if the ends are ends are dangling. They just they don't even take they, they don't think much. Don't, don't, yeah, yeah. Thinking, Right. Don't, don't time to take the time So they to just assume we are hearing people with cliches saying this or that, like you, it's your choice, it's your fault, you made the choice. You know, or even a, the, the, uh, it's true that the phrase "it's all under the blood" that has become a, a kind of a Christian cliche. In other words, here's the deal: not for uh, we we cannot uh, say for one minute that our sins. When we come to Christ in repentance and faith, mm-hmm. you know, he washes our sins away and he makes us new creations. We're not minimizing the power of the blood of Jesus, mm-hmm. but there's still territory to take. There's, there's still, um, Paul said, work out your salvation mm-hmm. with fear and trembling. Now, mm-hmm. there's another uh, deal. It's how do we do that? It's not working for your salvation, mm-hmm. but letting the Spirit of God, mm-hmm. the Word of God, unfold the revelation of Jesus Christ. Line upon line. Line upon line. So we get it line upon line, precept on precept, by the Holy Spirit, by the Word of God. And and, and Paul says um, in 1 Corinthians that we know in part and we prophesy in part. So God gave us in the Scripture really all the basics that we need to Mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. about him and his plan. Mm -hmm. It's it's the really, no, no matter how detailed it is, it's still... An outline. Yeah, it's an but accurate, totally accurate outline of God's plan and God's purpose. We don't see the whole kinds of things. You know, like you know, we were talking about uh, the Book of Revelation. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many different it's views exciting, of, of what is going in there. Uh, there's certain basic things we know. We know Jesus is coming. We know the enemy is defeated. Probably pretty soon. Uh, actually. Jesus is coming very soon. Uh, he is going to be the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The power of evil is going to be broken. I got to just say something. You know, I was thinking about yeah, Jesus is coming, but I have never experienced, you know, a rapture or a second coming or Jesus ruling on the earth or I have never experienced. I never even experienced the first stories that they told us. You know, right. but but it's by faith that we believe these things. So if we can't use our experience to say well, that can't happen or that will never happen because it hasn't happened because I've never experienced it because I then become the center of the universe. But anyway, um, but, but I, get what, I get what you're saying. It's like by faith we accept some things that we don't quite understand. But at the same time, let me tell you something. This is true. This truly happened when we were building our porch, our deck. Um, we had a couple of people helping us, different people at different times. And, you know, it has to come together at the corner. Well, it wasn't coming together at the corner at all. I mean, it wasn't making a right angle. It was like, and it was, um, <laughs> it was twisted and it was off, way off. Yeah. I mean, we had it three, four inches off and it wasn't meeting up at the corner and there was no way we could fix it. 
And I, I just wasn't happy to live with it like that. So I, we made everybody, we made somebody, uh, brought in somebody who knew what they were doing. And actually they had to tear out some stuff, realign things, put it in its proper place. And when he got finished, it was perfectly square. And now it's, I'm happy. But you know, with our religious uh, uh, beliefs, we're, we're, we're okay with them hanging out there, dangling, unfinished, you know, not meeting, not fitting together. We're just, personally, I can't do that. Yeah. It has to make sense. Yeah. Otherwise, God's crazy. Uh, uh, right, because a lot of people do that and don't really have the, the answer to the full picture and don't really even think about it very much. You know, yeah. do, you, do you think that... You I have mean, to start with the right premise. You have to, you know, everything's mm-hmm. got to be level and measured pr- properly in the beginning or you're not going to get a square corner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we live with a lot of... Uh, Flaws. A lot of uh, crooked corners and, and flaws and yeah. so forth, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so, so what I wanted to say is that... Oh, you still uh, want to the, say the, something? The, well, yes. I mean, we've got two hours here, so <laughs> I got, you know... And, you know, I've been roving, you know. Yeah, for, you've got lots of things. I, I've been roving and picking up things as I, in my roving experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, the the thing, too, with um, the, the the part of... Uh, the whole uh, the the puzzle. Go back to the puzzle mm-hmm. illustration. Um, a lot of people, you know, you don't know the picture, and this state, you know, throws in a piece here and a piece there, and and really, uh, as we go to um, uh, a lot of uh, music festivals, mm-hmm. um, and we meet a lot of young adults mm-hmm. that really that their view of their world view is like. You know, a piece here, a piece there. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense, and, and, it, and it really makes no sense. And, and it's like, are you kidding? Yeah, me? they're throwing in everything. Yeah, they're, into they're their just picture. getting a hodgepodge. They're searching, but they've basically, you know, given up on on church and it's like God as we, uh, as, well, as we know Him to be, as uh, the Word knows and it wants to portray Him. Yeah, and so you kind of. Uh, well, in the book of Judges, uh, it said it's one of the darkest periods of the history of Israel. It says in those days there was no king in Israel; everybody did what that which was right in their own eyes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we that's that. kind of what's going on right now. Yeah, well, and, and there's no standard, and that goes back to building a porch. You've got to have a standard. Everybody agrees that you know there's 12 inches in a foot, mm-hmm. um, and the level is level, and you know those are the standard instruments you're going to use: nails, hammer, whatever. But um, nowadays, we just think with God, it's eclectic. It's you know, it's your choice. We've been think, coming to this idea: the fear of the Lord is gone, and it's just like whatever you want to do, whatever seems right in His own eyes. Like you said, that's what people uh, feel like they're comfortable with, and so they've got to have experienced it themselves in order to feel comfortable with it. And so, because they don't trust anybody, you know, if I don't know it for myself through experience, then I don't trust it. So just believing something for face value because God said it really has no real merit for them. Right. Now, Paul, uh, he would tell the churches, he says, I've not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he, you know, and I really believe that part of this is that, you know, in, in the overall, what we know of as the Christian community, there's so much confusion. There's so many choices, strange options. Doctrines, yeah, yeah, doctrines yeah. choices, options. Mm-hmm theologies and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have just said, well, hey, they've not, for the most part, in what we call the Christian world, 
people have not gotten an accurate uh, view of God, mm-hmm. worldview, where it's, or, it's, it's been uh, presented in the power and demonstration of the Spirit, mm-hmm. in the love, in the mercy, in the grace aspect, where, mm-hmm. uh, where people would say, you know, if, if, if people are really satisfied and they see the truth and they have the revelation of Jesus, and they're uh, encouraged and they're loved and they see mm-hmm. this, they're not going to go looking somewhere else. That's right. They'll be settled. And so, and, yeah. so a lot of, and, and we see a, a young generation that are, they're just, even of those well, that have been involved with, with church in their younger right. years, they're, I meet many of them, young adults, they're busy looking somewhere else. Yeah. You know, they, this well, is, yeah. So, Anyway, and that's not just young people. It's not just people out there. It's also people right. that are listening tonight, people that will be joining us. They, they, there's a lot of questions out there. And, you know, the, the, I like to make things simple. And I think Paul was very interested that Satan would not get a hold of us to complicate the gospel of Jesus Christ. God made it simple. He said, except you become as little children. Um, so, so here's the deal. Um, we've got three basic issues regarding our life on the planet, three core issues that need to be resolved. One is an issue of safety, you know, um, survival, if you will. And that includes, you know, uh, food, clothing, shelter, you know, finances, blah, blah, blah. Then the second issue is an issue of righteousness. And how do I, my, how do I get my righteousness? Do I get it by good works? I mean, we, we are built by God to have an innate desire nature uh, to know and to want to be good. And I know some people say, I don't agree with that. Well, you know what? Um, if you weren't built by God to want to be good, you'd never feel guilty for being bad. And you say, well, some people aren't feeling guilty. Well, their consciences have been seared, no doubt. And there's some other interesting information that we might share in a week or two from now about beginning to become. And just mark that in the back of your mind. We'll talk about it later, beginning to become. Um, so, but back, and the third issue is the one we're talking about tonight. It's the issue of responsibility. Who is to blame? for what is going on out here, what's going on in this world. We, we see all the dep, uh, deprivation. We see the sin. And, and so I, I get, I'll tell you where I started with this this morning. Um, in Romans chapter 3, we've got the scriptures that, you know, the Bible never denies uh, be, sinful behavior. It never says, oh, man, you know, is, is a, um, you know, we call ourselves, we say, we say we have a sinful human nature. I'm not quite sure God calls it that, but he does, you know, he the Bible never denies the wretchedness of human behavior or excuses anyone because they're only human or they're born that way. A lot of people are saying, well, um, you know, it's not my fault because God made me this way. And a lot of people are using that as an excuse to um, uh, justify lifestyles and um, yeah, yeah. You know, identities right. that it, it, are contrary to what God created. Yes, and uh, you know that uh, I think it's uh, Lady Gaga that has that song "Born This Way." Oh, I don't big know. Big song, yeah. But I'm that's, sure. So, but anyway, yeah. but so anyway. so the Bible, Romans chapter three. You go. The Bible is very clear here. You know, we're not talking in chapter three uh, about the depravity of man. We're talking about the depravity of his behavior. And there's a difference between being and behavior. And a lot of times we we equate, equate the two. We say, well, um, you know, I'm a teacher. Because I teach, uh, I'm a sinner because I sin. But yes, I do. We all sin and come short of the glory of God because we actually how what's the process of sin? It is believing a lie. Yes, number one, you believe a lie, uh, and number two, you choose choose to go with it. You you believe it and, and act upon it. But the choices are set forth 
by the enemy, who is the deceiver. Now, let me just say this before we get into too far into all this, because we have to put the players into the field that are really operating in this whole situation. And Jesus said, you know, people say, well, it's just, I, it just, it bothers me when they just say, you know, it's your choice, because that opens such a door to guilt, condemnation, and, um, you know, it's your, it's your fault, it's your bed, you, lay, you may at it, you lay in it. There's no love, no mercy, no forgiveness, no hope, no redemption in that situation. But Jesus said, even in the middle of the Our Father, when the disciples were saying, teach us to pray, he said, this is what he said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and actually it says the evil one in many transla- translations. So deliver us from the evil one and lead us not into temptation. In James it says, God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. However, I believe that God is often challenged, though he's not challenged, but I mean, he's often uh, challenged by Satan. Um, his workmanship is challenged. His ability to keep us is challenged. Um, and, and he's always, Satan's always trying to put God in a predicament where God will have to be, act, act contrary to himself. Even in, in the first original sin, how was God going to resolve that issue of uh, what, this, what the kids had done? What was he going to do? He had to come up with a solution. Well, he had the solution prepared before. 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 Yeah, he knew. And, but. and he, you know, Jesus Christ is the lamb slain, the, 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 the sacrificial lamb, uh, the one who was the complete and final sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The judgment, you know, do our sin all fell on him. Yeah. And uh, he's slain from the foundation of the world. So... Uh, Genesis 3:15 mm-hmm. uh, talks about the, you know, obviously he talked about the coming of the uh, the seed of the woman, capital S E E D, who would defeat re- the seed of the of the evil one. The seed of the evil one. He would he would uh, bruise the head of the evil one and the heel of the evil the seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the heel of the seed would be bruised. Jesus suffering. So basically, um, at the cross of uh, Jesus Christ stomped on the enemy, uh, right? And so, uh, right. But, so, so God had that. He knew uh, so he that did. man would be deceived and would choose the wrong thing since before the foundation of the world. So He had the plan but already prepared. But did God prepared. know that they would choose the wrong thing because they were evil, or because there was evil in the world? There was evil. Yes, there was evil that that. Deceived them, tricked them, provoked came them. Came into that garden, into that perfect world. They were fine until that evil came there in. Was that, the tempter came that in. That little bleach, the tempter came mm-hmm. in. Now there's there's the test. There's the test now that comes where God had made it very clear about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You don't go near it. You don't why touch would he, it. Why, why would he do that? Put, I mean, if he knew they were going to make a choice, and he knew the choice was going to go after the tree, to go after the tree, why would he even have let the tree be there in the first place or put the tree there? Well, he wants us, he wants us back to choices. Uh, he wants us to choose. Him. Choose him to love him. So Because that's the rule. The rule. It's the rule. It goes back to the rule because there's a simple rule. Romans 6. six um, uh, yes, what, Romans 6.16. Yep. Whom you yield yourself servant to obey a slave you become so there was you know he there he knew that first of all he gave us a choice of free will because he did not want us to just be robots he didn't right. want us to just you know have no choices but he also knew we were going to be deceived 
and that we were going to choose by into, did God say, and wouldn't you like to be more like God, and wouldn't you like to know what's on the tree, and the tree looks good, and the fruit looks good to, to eat, and it's there to make one wise. So, I mean, who doesn't want to be wise? Who doesn't want to be more like God? So he was actually using Eve's desire to be like God, to trick her to sin against God, which is oftentimes what he does. You know, if you look at it like a little simple little story, like a fish, you know, the fish is just out there swimming in the ocean, swimming in the lake, minding its own business, looking for food, you know, being a fish, you know. Um, And then you have the deceiver who comes along, uh, and that would be the fisherman who has plotted against this fish probably for many days, you know, got his boat, his motor, he's got his, his uh, what do they call that gear, of the, the, the depth finding? Depth finder. Yeah, and yeah, and he's got his can... bait, and he's got, he's got to study his books, and he knows mm-hmm. what this little kind of fish likes to eat. So the, the evil fisherman is plotting against this innocent little gullible, naive fish. Now, we're the fish, okay? And Satan is, of course, the fisherman. And so he dresses up the hook, put, sets the bait, puts it on the hook. Of course, the fish isn't looking for a hook. The fish is looking for lunch. Looking for lunch. And what's so bad? What's it, what's so terrible about looking for lunch? And Eve was looking for lunch. Yeah, it's always about eating, isn't it? Oh yeah. my goodness. Well, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, she was just thinking that. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I would like to be like God. Yeah. I, I would like to know. So the, the little fish comes swimming along. She didn't even know. And we don't condemn what the fish. We don't condemn the. You made a choice, fish. It's your fault. Because you're so stupid, you should have known that the fisherman was going to put you on that nasty hook. It says, what hook? What are you talking about? You mean there was a hook there? I mean, we, the fish, we are got gullible naive. And if we don't think there's a out there, then we're even able then, you know, before. Because a lot of times people say, oh, the devil's not going to do anything like that. He's, he doesn't even hardly exist anymore. He's just, you know whatever, a figment of our imagination. He was in Greek mythology and he was in the medieval days and he's gone. He's retired. But anyway. Well, let me say this too. The principle is that you, you look at the sin. There is the, you know, there is a sinfulness of man, which we would define as a second nature. Something happened when to the human race when Adam and Eve sinned. There right. was an effect right. that got right into our into our soul, our, 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 soul our, our, our human nature. Mm-hmm. So you have to look, see, it's just like you have to look back. Right. And, and you emphasize this all the time, Margie, which we appreciate, is that you have to look behind the sin behind the to see the lie. Mm-hmm. Look behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of pull back the curtain. Okay. Yeah, it's man's sin. Okay, why is man's sin there? Well, he makes a choice. Well, who is influencing him mm-hmm. to make that choice? There's, there's, there's a outside influence. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely that, correct. That that influences us. T- and that is God's to, arch to make, enemy, and He is there to not only provoke us but try to destroy us and mm-hmm. set us up contrary or against God or steal. Um, the love that God desires from us, steal it from him through uh, discouraging us and, and causing us to go away from God so, and not believe him. Again, the whole, the whole deal is to look at the lie behind the sin. Yeah. No, so, now, wait, 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 wait. we got one more thing because, okay, so we've got the devil. He's one of the players. Yeah. And we've got what we see now. You know, when you're doing an experiment, you see what's going on, the effects. That would be Romans 3. We see that, um, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. 
Um, let me just read this. It's just a big long laundry list of naughty things that we do. He says, um, Romans 3, chapter 3, verse, um, uh, 10, I mean, verse 10. As is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none who understands. There's none who seeks after God. They have all gone out of the way. They have together become unprofitable. There's none that does good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. Their tongue, they have, with their tongue, they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and all of the peace and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of, of God before their eyes. So he's describing, you could say, well, that's he's describing people. No, he's not. He's describing the behavior of people. Because mm-hmm. not all people are amount of depravity and evil and bloodshed and lying and deception in the world forces us to have to come up with some explanation for that evil. Right. And, and one of the explanations is, is that man is uh, totally depraved. Now, here, here's the deal. It, that, that word totally depraved, I mean, it doesn't say that in the Bible. I mean, no. uh, there's none righteous, no, not one. We're not righteous in the sight of God, but except through faith in Jesus Christ. But you have to go, is is you have to go behind the mm-hmm. sin, you go backstage of the sin mm-hmm. to find the lie that we believe that led us to mm-hmm. to sin. And same way, when you look at the, you know, and and there's horrible things that human beings do mm-hmm. to to each other. And and it just for greed for yeah. greed, violence, Murder, war, mm-hmm. deceit, treachery, all these kinds of things. Romans chapter one mm-hmm. uh, yeah. gives give up that the love whole, of the truth. Yeah. But when you reject the truth, God gives uh, you over. God gives you delusion, strong delusion. You believe a lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Second Thessalonians talks about that. But you have to look back that. The, the 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 jewel of who we are mm-hmm. the diamond the diamond as you refer to it of yeah. who we are by nature is we are created in the likeness and image of God and it's just it's just even though it gets all marred and messed up and even though most people are living according to their second nature which is their Sinful, the sinful nature, nature yeah. and and what happens is that God, through the redemption in Christ Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through His Word, He gets us back to living according to our original mm-hmm. nature. At we're least we're born again, that, yeah. born from above, yeah. and so there is, there's a new life, there's a new birth, and the old Second Corinthians five seventeen. Yeah. Uh, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's mm-hmm. a new creation. The old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. are become new. But I want to... But, but uh, wait, can I, and I, yeah. I want to just add to that just a little bit. Yeah, because you got it. See, when you go back to the beginning and get the beginning right, if you're going to do anything, I mean, if you're knitting a sock, I don't care what you're doing, you've got to set it up right or you're not going to end up with the right thing at the end. Uh, and so you've got to set this up right. So if indeed it's true, and it is true, that God created us in his image, then where did all this depravity, all this evil, greed, covetousness, sin, violence come from? Um, it comes from, well, if we're made in the image of God to love what God loves and hate what God hates, 
to love, justice, mercy, truth, goodness, purity, holiness, um, righteousness. I probably said that. But if we're, we're built by God to love those things and to hate what God hates, which is sin and injustice, then as we come into contact with this atmosphere, as we're born, conceived, brought forth, and we, we come into this environment of the snake pit of life, the enemy begins. He has to psychologically condition us. Like, for example, a dog is born to bark. And he's born to um, that, that he, it just innate. He, he just does that. Um, he's born to salivate when he, you know, is going to, you know, eat a big juicy piece of meat or something. But that, you know, we have done experiments where we recondition animals to salivate at the ringing of a bell or to, um, uh, you know, we train them to do things contrary or different than their first nature. I mean, dogs are not, they're, they're not, it's not innate for them to sit when you say sit. Or stay when you say stay. I mean, they're they're more prone to jump up and paw right. you and whatever. So they need to be trained. So we're we're reconditioning them. We're taking their original nature and we're sh- we're shaping it differently. So when Satan saw his opportunity, the innocent, precious, um, unmarred little gems, diamonds being born, he was, they were being born into the slop bucket. So he was using the idea of the slop bucket to convince them that they're just slop. They're just part of the, they're just, you know, so their experience, our experiences, the things we feel and see and hear and say, the things are done to us, da, 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 begin to rewrite what I call, and, and I think you do too, is that we call it the sinful human nature. The, we're prone to believe the lies because they're more, they're more present. I mean, your, your feelings are much more powerful in you and me, uh, at least initially, than the the influence of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Can you just sure. hold that thought? I want to just add a couple of things in there, and then you can continue on here. And it's interesting <clears throat> what happened with Eve. Um, it says uh, in Genesis 3, 6, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. So we, here we go. We see, and basically there's a capsule of the history of the whole human race in mm-hmm. Genesis chapter 3. And I would just urge our listeners to, to take that time. If you haven't studied it at all, or mm-hmm. maybe you haven't studied it for a while, Go through every word in Genesis chapter three, um, and, and and look at that. You see, well, you know, I really gonna, are, I'm going to encourage our, we're, all of us we're, where to we are. Stop, today. just stop. If your if your faith is getting painted into a corner, if you're getting frustrated, if you're getting upset, um, God doesn't make sense. He is seeming to be unfair, um, expecting you to be perfect. Um, pretty much always mad at you. Um, it's all about you trying to get rid of your sin or be perfect, be good. If you're going to a, a group or believing things that way, um, that's really going to just frustrate you and you're going to end up giving up and going away from the truth of Jesus Christ. And you know what, people? There's no one who can make you see this. We can beg you, plead with you, explain it until we're blue in the face. And we're not blue in the face. But, um, but only God can show all of us with the revelation of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, what is really going on. And I, I'm just going to just say this, guys, 
seek it out, get, get it straight for yourself. Because once you get it straight, it all makes sense. You are then free from all the guilt, shame, and condemnation that other people are tagged with. And you are now free to go out and do what Jesus really said to do, which is go make disciples. But yeah. going back to where we were, and where were we anyway? Yeah, well, with, let, me, let, me just, let me just jump into this. And by the way, if you would like to give us a call, we certainly welcome your calls. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us a call. Love to hear from you. The number is 347-215-8051. Again, 347-215-8051. Give us a call with a question, comment, uh, problem, whatever. we mm-hmm. happy to uh, talk with you. Now, we looked at Eve at the place where she was going by her senses. Mm-hmm. Right. Her physical senses and her and her desires rather than the word of God, mm-hmm. which you said you know you don't go don't touch the tree don't mm-hmm. don't do it so um and the thing is well it, it's like Satan was saying to to Eve, well, you know the reason God don't want doesn't want you to have that tree is that he's depriving you of something i mean he's he's a no god and so a lot of people, an N-O God. A lot of people think God mm-hmm, is just, mm-hmm. no, 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 you know, kill joy. Yeah, um, right. Well, he, yeah. Nothing, you can't do anything right yet. Can't have anything fun to do <laughs> and everything like that. He says, um, he said, uh, That's oh, really you shall a not surely die. Of God. It's just God doth know that, verse 5 of Genesis 3, in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. You shall be as God's knowing good and evil. So he's coming, said, God is trying to keep something from you, and I am here to help unlock uh, yeah. deeper truth for you. And that's all of what New Age, Eastern mysticism, yeah. paganism, gurus, meditation, yoga, all, all the dark arts, all of the satanic uh, stuff, uh, is mysteries of seeking more global consciousness, cosmic consciousness is a bunch of junk because... It is all enticements that lead absolutely nowhere, nowhere at all. And it's all full of stories and fables and fairy tales and things, again, that don't add up. They don't agree with each other. But going back to this, you brought up an interesting point. If God is like that, that he actually made us depraved, for example, or sinful human nature, or we can't help ourselves, and then um, that's like some people say, well, I was born this way. God expects me. I can't. uh, And now he expects me to live that way. You know, um, his way, you know, he's, he's given me a free will and now he's going to beat me up for using it. And he's going to get mad at me for using it. I mean, they just, there's all kinds of accusations the devil puts in our minds about God. But um, if God does that, if he is, is asking us or demanding that we live contrary to our, our, ourselves, to our nature, um, it would be like me expecting the dog not to bark and live contrary to his nature and or to make the sun, the sun stop shining. It's like, you're at, if God requires us to live contrary to the basic ways he's formed us, then he is unfair for judging us. Well, God, and he is not able to, you know, um, and, and if we can't do what he's wanting us to do, he's unreasonable for making us that way and expecting us to be different. So then, technically, he is to blame. Unless, of course, he himself provides a means for us to live the way that's pleasing to him. But, listen, God did not make us with a sinful nature. He made us with a free, right. free will. 
and he gave us everything that we needed to live freely and enjoy him. And as long as we actually chose, keep using our free will to choose to live in the life, in the spirit, we were fine. When the devil came in and gave us the option, we chose and we slipped off the track. Now, so the devil now, we're in the snake pit, we're under his rule because it's whom you yield yourself, servant to obey. So now the devil got to download into the human being, into the soul of Adam and Eve, uh, into their mind, will, and emotions. Download that body of death operating software that we talked about from Romans chapter 7. Paul says, I'm doing the things I don't want to do, uh, things I hate I do, things I perform I, I, I hate, and the things I hate I perform. Uh, he said, it is the sin that dwells in me. Now, Paul is just right on the money here. He's not saying, you know, I should try to be hard. He never, never preached the gospel of self-improvement. He never said, you know, you've got, I mean, all that stuff in there that you read about do this, do this, don't do that, don't do that. And, and you come up with the bottom line of I've got to. That is not the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is showing you the difference between life and death. And he's saying, I will, I will do it in you. It is God who works in us. But most people do not operate in their spirit to overcome or supersede uh, the soul. Because the Bible says, walk in the spirit. After we are saved, we now have that option of choice again. We don't have to live in the soul that, that programmed by the experiences of the pit life software that's going to lead us into temptation, lead us to make bad choices, lead us to depravity or bad behavior or whatever. We're going to be, have now have an option to choose righteousness. And some people are very, very stuck. They're so stuck, they cannot stop what, they, what they're trying to stop. I mean, they can't quit what they're trying to stop. And then, so for example, if someone is hooked um, in drugs or addictions or uh, whatever, you know, they're hooked in something. Mm-hmm. And they tried and tried and tried to quit, quit, quit. They've got all the, they've got all the, they mustered all the willpower they've got and they still fail. And then we come along and say, it's your own fault. You drink or you're fat or you're this or you're that because you chose. And that is, for us to say that is a judgment against us because we have no right to judge them, first of all, because they're God's servants. But the second thing we're not understanding is that God didn't, you know, he didn't say deliver yourself. He said, I will deliver you. Paul said, who will deliver me? He didn't say, what more do I have to do? I've got to take more responsibility, try harder. I've got to make it more to church. I've got to get to the anger management group. I've got to you know, start counting calories. I've got to you know, mm-hmm. you know, hold myself to the line. I've got to white knuckle it. When people do that, they just set them, and the devil gets you there every time. Try harder. Okay, maybe next time. It's like gambling. It's like any addiction. Quitting, trying to quit your sin is like an addiction. The more you try it, you try it again, pull that lever one more time. Maybe this time you'll get the, the magic numbers and you keep working it all the time and you get nothing, but you get deeper, deeper, deeper into the pit, into the debt, into the whatever, the grip of Satan. And so us trying to deliver ourselves is like trying to get yourself out of quicksand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You need a deliverer to get out of quicksand. You need someone to throw you the rope, someone to stay on the shore and throw you the board. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, so when people come and say, you know, you should, you should, you should have known. It's your fault. Just all that just scares me because those, uh, how that's spiritual blindness. Mm-hmm. That's scary. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I know. I'm really saying it like it is. Aren't, oh aren't yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I wanted just to mention too about okay, what about okay that we we live in a in a culture that's just loaded with self help stuff. Exactly. I mean, we have you know, cor- corporate seminars, mm-hmm. media, uh, motivation seminars, 
motivational seminars. Like uh, you in the church, out of the church. If you go to a, 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 a Christian bookstore, uh, oh, when yeah. you go online, there's all this teaching and this, and you know, five steps to this and two steps to that. Purpose-driven. Purpose-driven, whatever. Or spirit-led. Which is it? Which is right? Which is the yeah, right? Yeah, here, here's the deal. I mean, you get tired? What a, well, yeah, it just, it's like, okay, never now i got to work on this. Now i got to work on this. Yep. And it's like. It just and, feeds that never and, enough. And some churches, too, it's like, you know, you, no go, you go to the altar on Sunday and pray and cry and. Cry out to God and, oh, Everybody thank you, Lord, you help you me. People are praying over you. And then you, you go back. Partners. And then maybe you're okay for a while. And then you kind of get back into the same old thing. What you need is to be set free mm-hmm. by Jesus. Well, and the other thing is, actually, can I correct you on that a little bit? What we need is to know that we have been set free. We have been set That's free. That's right, yeah. Yeah, the freedom, knowing the freedom the of revelation. Jesus. But what about the point, Marjorie, about Learning and growing, okay. Making so so about the value of teaching. Uh, say uh, say opening the scriptures and say you no. Know, Paul uh, gave uh, instruction. Paul gave instruction. He's and basically the epistles that we have are instructions to churches. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, here's in in, in the, uh, the chapters of Revelation. I think. Uh, second and third chapters of Revelation, the letters to the seven churches, mm-hmm. there are instructions of, okay, here is what you're missing, here's what you need to be doing, here's, mm-hmm. here's what you are to be doing. Mm-hmm. Now, what about that? Is there, there's a diff- is there, what about the difference between a self-help mentality and learning and developing and growing and changing our behavior well, through the, the knowledge, increased knowledge okay, of the because, scriptures. Okay, so God gave the law, and we couldn't keep the law. So he already knew we weren't going to be able to keep the law. So all the commandments, which would include even those in the book of Revelation, commandments, you know, you've left your first love and come back to your first love, and da 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 all of that stuff are commandments um, that we cannot do, can be willing to let the Holy Spirit lead us into all truth, which I think is the key there. Because, you see, everything God did, he had to do for us because we couldn't do it for ourselves. We were lost. We were destroyed. We were captured. We were completely taken over by the devil. The Lord had to come in, uh, you know, and do the rescue, bring, you know, bring us out of that captivity through the, through the ransom, through dying on the cross. And then we have now, see, because... It's a free will. Now we have options again. Our options are we can stay in captivity. We can stay, um, you know, like the liberation of the slaves in, in, after the Civil War. They, there was the Emancipation Proclamation. Right. They were set free, but a lot of them didn't take advantage of it. They were just so programmed in their old mindsets that they just stayed where they were. They were used to it. And they their slave, oh, their owners were... Yeah. It took a couple of generations they, for them. Their to, owners were fine with that, too. Yeah. And so, and maybe some of them had some better arrangements. I don't know. But, uh, but the thing is, you know, once whom the sun sets free is free indeed. But many of us are so familiar, so used to living in captivity that we are scared of freedom. It's, it's unfamiliar. Uh, lo- love is unfamiliar. We like laws. We like lists. We like, uh, you know, things just written out for us. We do, do, do those things and we, we check them off and then we're free to go. It's like little kids uh, do our chores and then we can go out and play. Um, but with God, it's not like doing your chores and going out and playing. It's like we're, we, he wants us to rest, abide, be, 
And, and I think part of that is then bringing forth the fruit, fruit of joy, righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Spirit, things that will remain. And as you rest in him, he works in you. Uh, he perfects that which concerns us. He is the one who's going to make sure that, you know, we're, we're walking in our first love. It's not, I, if I am already, you know, muddy and I'm living in a mud puddle, uh, that doesn't mean, by the way, you know, because a person is muddy doesn't mean they're dirty inside. It just means they're muddy and they can be washed. Their clothes can be changed. They can get a robe of righteousness. So our, our, it's superficial, uh, you know, trouble, but nonetheless, it needs to be taken care of. But if I'm living in a mud puddle, uh, would God be righteous and fair if he expected me to live and keep my, my, myself absolutely clean? Uh, no, but... You know, you say, well, he, it's not right for him to expect me to live in a mud puddle and be perfectly clean, but does that give me permission then to just go ahead and slop around in the mud puddle? Do I want to? No, I want to be clean. And so uh, we have to look at what God is trying to do and wanting to get us to understand in, in, in other ways. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that I wanna, I'm going to keep this. Uh, there's a, there, there's a, a fine line between... Uh, letting the Holy Spirit do what he needs to do in us and getting us to um, uh, walk and rest in the Spirit. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can you... Can you yeah. Sh- yeah, exactly. Now, the, the Bible says that the... It gave us... Some people ask questions. It says, why, why would God give us the, uh, a law uh, that give us you know, a, a standard that he knew we could never keep? You know, it's like it's un it's, it's like it's like all these um, unreasonable rules, and uh, so basically, uh, you know that that's a question that a lot of people maybe you know deal with one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says, uh, and let's look at uh, Galatians. Why did God do that? Is God just unreasonable? Mm-hmm. If he beyond expectations, you know that. Um, but he says he says very he says uh, in Galatians chapter three um, he says is the what what what's what, what's purpose serves the law okay uh, Galatians three nineteen I'm reading from the King James version uh, wherefore then serveth the law it was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to the promise to whom the promise was made and was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Well, we're just going through here. I'm not going to comment on, on this till we get down a little further. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid if for there had been a law that which you could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up to the faith which should afterward be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, mm-hmm. we are no longer under a schoolmaster or a tutor, it would say, mm-hmm. in, in, in the New King James Version. Mm-hmm. Uh, for ye all are the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So really, 
the the law was not given to us to keep. Say it wasn't given us to keep. It was mm-hmm. given to us to break. Yeah, to prove because we are to prove mm-hmm. that we've broken the law. It, yeah. That we're hopeless, helpless. There's no way we can save ourselves. Save ourselves. There's no way mm-hmm. we can save ourselves. By A lot of people good. are trying to. Save you know, save themselves. Even through. after they're saved, they're trying to resave yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so that's that's the point. It says, yeah, he, uh, to show us, to bring us to the fact that you know mm-hmm. the only chance that we have mm-hmm. is to put our faith in, in Jesus the free Christ. gift of Jesus Christ. The salvation is a free gift. Healing is a gift. Everything God gives us is and a righteousness gift. is a right, gift. Right. Being right. And that's why we can be so thankful and happy. Right, being right in our in our in our thinking, right in our behavior, uh, righteous before God. Uh, we are dependent on the righteousness of another, and that right. is Jesus, in order to have a, well, you know, that says, right standing before God. It says, like you said, all of sin and come short of the glory of God. So then, what good is it to make a right choice unless a you know, like you're just saying, you think you're an exception to the word of God and that you can be perfect and keep that law, you know, and or B, that you believe you can overcome your own sinful nature by sheer willpower. So a lot of times people, even after they're saved, um, well, even after we're saved, we're obviously still tempted to try to do things in our own strength. And so even, even right at the very doorstep of our lives, uh, even at our most well-intentioned lives, um, the enemy's waiting to tempt us and um, try to get us to take up the task of establishing our own righteousness, which is really an affront, an insult to God. Okay, I want to ask you a question here. Okay, God has given us a what we describe as a free will. Okay, right. We have the opportunity to choose. Does what, that mean? Go ahead. What choose righteousness? Choose Jesus choose to reject Jesus, whatever. Um, what role does our, our will have in our lives? Uh, uh, let's talk about uh, as a believer. Well, here's, can what, I say what that? What role okay. does the will have? So, so God has given us options after we're saved. Um, and sometimes we will want to. We really want to. We will to. We desire to to change and just the simplest, you know, quit smoking, quit swearing, quit, you know, eating big bowls of ice cream at night at midnight or whatever. Um, your, your will is to want to um, want to do that. But Paul says very candidly in Romans seven, he says, I am doing things I don't want to do. The things I want to do, I don't do the things I don't want to do. I do. And then he goes on in, in verse 20, he says, but if I am doing what I don't want to do, it's not me doing it. But first of all, if I am doing what I don't want to do, what does that imply? I'm doing something held hostage or against my will. It's out of control. So my will there is not getting what it really wants to do. My will wants righteousness. My will wants truth, peace, joy, rejoicing. My will doesn't want me to be anxious and fearful. But there's something else going on oh, yeah. that I don't really have control And then some over. people say, if I just have more willpower... And my will is, I mean, okay, so you, you've got this um, duct tape. You're tied, you're duct taped to a chair. You've got mm-hmm. your arms, your mouth is tied, your legs are tied. You know, this, you're, 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 you don't want to be there. Let me tell you, you don't want to be duct taped to that chair. And the assassin is about to whatever, you know. You don't want to. It's not you doing it. Paul says, if I don't want to do it, 
if I don't want to be here, if I don't want to be doing this, it's not me doing it. Then the question logically is, well, then who is doing it? So if your will is, is being, uh, uh, what's the word? You're being held against your will in every hostage situation. Um, then whose fault is it? Paul, Paul, Paul's saying, it's not my fault. I don't want this. And he's saying, if I don't will this, want this, then it's not me doing this. And we, we, but, but wait a minute. Our society is just inundated with the opposite. You, you, your will, by your will, you can choose. You can become anything you want to be. You can do anything you want to do. It's up to you on the positive side. And on the negative side, you did it. Therefore, you do the, did the crime. You do the time. It's all your fault. It's your responsibility. It was you. You, you could have said no. You could have da-da-da-da-da. And so there's no mercy in that kind of a uh, setup. And that's where we live. We live in this no-mercy society. So why would we think that God would be any different? As a matter of fact, we attribute everything that we, that, that we see and experience to God, which is so naive and so limiting and so full of error. Yeah, we say that if you know some big tragedy strikes, it's called an act of God. Yeah, well, no. my, you know what it really is is an act of the devil. Oh, oh you're giving the devil too much too much credit. Oh, well, yeah. you know what, God doesn't. You know, like the spring when when we were getting twenty inches of rain in about three months, my garden was drowning. No. Yep. God was not the one drowning my garden. God likes my garden. He wants my garden to grow. As a matter of fact, he said, you know, be fruitful, multiply, plant food, eat food, grow food, mm-hmm. whatever. He gave us seeds. He was not the one drowning my garden. So mm-hmm. who was drowning my garden then? Mm-hmm. I wasn't drowning my garden. Who is left? Well, my neighbors weren't drowning my would garden. We say, would, would we say the devil was drowning your garden? Uh, or could we say, you know, maybe part of it is that uh, mankind is messing around with the atmosphere. Yeah. screwing. Well, what I up. believe Really, the correct, the correct um, understanding or analysis of it was that the demonic judgment upon many of us, mankind, for right. shunning, rebuking, rebelling against God. Right. And so then we're guilty in our own eyes. We're guilty, too. And so the devil says, you are guilty. Therefore, I am going to judge you. Of course, he doesn't say, I am the devil and I'm coming to judge you. He says, you broke God's law. Therefore, I'm going to judge you. And therefore, we attribute the, the judgments to God. God is going to judge that I don't believe even when Jesus was asked when he was down here, you know, who's judging? Are you judging? He says, I'm not judging. I'm not, you know, that my, my word's going to judge you. Da, 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 da. He, he says, you're, you're condemned already. He, he wasn't there to whip out his pencil and paper and write an indictment against anybody because he, he had compassion. He knew the behind the scenes. He knew it absolutely correctly. And so he wasn't the only ones he was harsh with were the ones who refused the love of the truth. And he was pretty in their face, if you ask me. Right. Well, another thing, too, is, is that God is, I mean, some people say, well, when will God judge America? Now, when we're talking about judge, we're talking about passing a sentence and bringing punishment, correction, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, the judgments of God are in the earth right now. That's right. The, the America is being judged mm-hmm. right now. For example, I have an example. Not if, with finality. Well, let me just give you an example uh, of how but, that actually yeah. is in the earth right now. When, when uh, Cain killed Abel, his blood went into the ground. Abel's blood went into the ground. God said something very strange. He said, the blood of your brother is crying out from the ground. In other words, there was a witness. There was evidence. There was a testimony that this blood had been shut. There was a murder. There was a... Uh, and now, 
because there's so much bloodshed. How much of the, how many gallons, tons of blood, human blood, has been shed in this earth? How many, how much of the soil has been marked with, contaminated with the shedding of innocent blood through wars and through abortion and through, I mean, so the soil now is, and there's the scriptures in the Old Testament about this, the soil will, it says that the earth, the land will vomit you out. Mm-hmm. And so this is what we have now. We have a judgment in the earth that's not having nothing to do with God. It's just that, you know, there's certain consequences that come as a result of doing certain things. And, and God says, if you don't want the consequences, don't do those things. But I, you know, I can't stop gravity. I mean, if you're going to jump out of the apple tree, you're going to fall down. Mm-hmm. Um, don't jump out of the apple tree. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing wrong with gravity, but there are consequences. And so these things happen and, and so we attribute have- them to God. But really, they're set in motion by our choices. Right. And our choices are set in motion by, our, by, by using our, our will to believe a lie and then believe that not, not that it's the devil who did it or tempted me or is, is to be blamed, but it's my fault and or it's God's fault. And the devil never gets blamed. So did the devil make us do things? Well, I believe the devil cannot make you do anything because if the devil could make us do stuff, just outright make us do stuff, He'd already made us. He'd already made us do all the stuff he wanted. He'd be. He'd killed us by now. If he could do anything to us, he would. so here's the deal: Satan cannot make you do anything. God will not make you do anything. God allows us to exercise our free will, and He holds the devil at bay so that we have a chance to exercise our free will. But the devil is very enticing. So many times we choose to listen to the devil, and then God has to let us go to the thing that we've chosen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's well said. That's worth the whole program right there. Yeah. What you just said. So let's do a commercial. Should we do a commercial? Yeah, let's do a commercial. I don't know if we, I think we'll just talk about the commercial tonight. Because talk I, about a commercial. You know, I got to tell you something that's pretty exciting. Um, we're, we're so, we're so ahead of our time. <laughs> we're, we're actually now making our, 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 up our downloads, our CDs, all available as downloads. Now they're not all quite up there yet, but we've got a, a several of them up there. So, if you want to test out the, the merchandise and just download, um, for example, Answers to Prayer, um, go to the website and uh, you can buy it. I don't know if you can buy it already. Can you buy it? You can actually buy it. And it's probably cheaper than getting a hard copy. And so put it on your MP3, nice. put it on your iPod, your, your iBook, whatever you're going to do. And you can actually listen as you go. And so um, we're very excited because this will help us to not have to make the hard copies anymore, although they're still available. Yeah, yeah. What about Answers to Prayer? You mentioned that one, right? Yeah. Uh, tell us, what, what is, uh, what's, give us a little idea of the well, content of, of that. I think we've talked about this on other shows, that this is probably the, the heart, the pivotal point, pivotal, did I say that right? Of, of every person's relationship with God is answers to prayer or lack of answers to prayer or understanding what's holding up the answer to the prayer. If God is good, then why isn't the answer, answer coming? So we really need to understand through the Holy Spirit why you're, you're being delayed, held back, uh, things aren't happening. And that's many of the programs we've talked about in the past of um, you know why bad things are still happening to good people. So answers to prayer... Um, you know, when we're feeling stuck and discouraged, um, this helps us to understand what could be the the problem. We're not, we're not, we don't need to arm wrestle God. I mean, I've been in many prayer meetings in my day where people are, you know, they, 
They they, they arm just arm wrestling God. Oh, they're either arm wrestling God or they're just droning on and on and on. And I just oh, you know, I like to just say it, mean it, make it short, sweet, hit the target, and get out of there. You know. It's interesting. I believe it was the old uh, English British evangelist Smith Wigglesworth said. I I never pray more than 15 minutes at a time, but I never go more than 15 minutes without praying. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. That's you know, good we can advice, pray without huh? ceasing, and I yeah. think that's just having a heart of worship. It's like towards breathing. God. It's like it's like breathing, where your your but when your you're spirit in the spirit, is in yeah. communi- yeah. your spirit is in communion with God. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so prayer is really the breath mm-hmm. of of the Christian, and it's not. And prayer is not just. Mm-hmm. Getting God to do stuff for me, the way I want. Well, it to you be. know what really prayer is about is about us knowing what is the assignment, the will of the kingdom of God, the purposes of God for you that day, and getting on doing your assignment. If it's to take a city, take a city. If it's to pray down a stronghold, pray down a stronghold. If it's to uh, pray that you know the little old lady across the street gets Jesus, whatever it is, or bake a batch of cookies. You and I don't have a life of our own. It's not our own, but it's a better life than any life I could have come up with myself. Let me tell you, I was very, very set on myself in the beginning. I thought, well, what could God do for me that I couldn't do for myself? <laughs> but, you know, I really am glad I traded in my life and let him just live his life through me. But here's the other one I want to really talk about today. Let me today. just say this, too. You talk about, you know, prayer, and then we'll jump to this other one. Okay. He said, um, thy kingdom come. Thy, thy will, will be, be done, done on earth as mm-hmm. it is in heaven, mm-hmm. and so that's that's the yeah. Well, you know that's, that's you the know unfolding. what unfolding. That's part of the part of the thing is change. People ha- want to change, they really do. I really believe that there's an um, a kind of a a desperate uh, restlessness to get back to our divine uh, nature, our divine our, our home, real home, our, our and so people want to change. So they're always trying to they're always open to change, change something. But for something in your life to change, to change something, something has to change. And a lot of the times we're stuck in a will, in a place. Our will is bound. Uh, our commitments are made. There's agreements that have been made. There's all this stuff is all t- it ties together. But so you're, you're bound to words and vows and things that you don't even realize that hold you in a position where you are, um, you know, things are happening in your life that you don't want. And so the changes that need to come have to come not through willpower, not through good choices, but through the Holy Spirit and through you obeying, then following him, following those choices. But the one I really wanted to so that's the one that's the one that uh, answers. answers to prayer. Right. Okay. And then this one on the other end of the alphabet, which is not uploaded quite yet, but it probably will be soon. Untangling the lies of the enemy. This is really what we're kind of talking about tonight. This is one of the, the, the first... Um, uh, tapes I think I did where we really talked about the strong man a lot uh, and the soul it's you know it's the soul our souls are like cities that have been bombed and everything's been taken over you know when you when you think about in Germany or Japan back in the day things were bombed everything was ruined um, the schools were, were were bombed the the communication lines the roads uh, the civic centers the way of life everything was just trashed bombed stopped and I think a lot of our souls are like that every you know, our communications, our ability to, to hope and dream and plan, 
um, our normal everyday life is all full of anxiety and obstacles and difficulties and brokenness and grief and and so because the enemy has laid so much lie down on in our souls that that that, that he runs it like a program like we're like bombed and, and taken out so those obstacles are set up by demonic intelligence that's really true there is a demonic intelligence because i can prove it to you in the bible when jesus was going to cast the 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 um legion into the swine or no no, no i'm sorry when when uh, he said in in uh, matthew 12:24 he says uh, in luke he said you know that seven more would come back you know because they went and found the guy who got kicked the demon got kicked out went and got seven of his buddies or whatever so they must have been talking, planning something. That's mm-hmm. demonic intelligence mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so this they, the, the demonic intelligence um, sits, sets up a, a twist the truth and makes me feel responsible for myself. Now this is exactly, again, going back to the law. If it's my fault, myself, my program, my improvement, um, if I fail, then it's my fault. So that's why God wants to get us off that deadly treadmill of it's up to me because that's the principal lie behind witchcraft is it's up to me if it's up to me then everything that goes wrong or goes right is to my credit or to my fault and it's nothing about god i don't need god so that's what witchcraft is it's denying the power of god so uh you've got answers to prayer Mm -hmm. and untangling untangling the the lies of the enemy enemy. those are available Mm -hmm. on cds Uh, answers to prayer is available on download Mm -hmm. untangling the lies yeah and this one also talks about that disassociation and isolation and and, download That, that's available on download awesome. too. Well, check it out. Whoa, check it out. And, and you want to go to uh, liferecovery.com? That's right. Liferecovery.com. And there's a whole, Yeah. I, I like to use this word once in a while, plethora of mm-hmm. information. And that means there's all kinds of good mm-hmm. stuff on a truth that will just well, help it's, you. It's uh, a huge, huge picture. Go in your Lord, in, in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um Give us a call, too. Uh, our lines are open. Yeah. 347-215-8051. <laughs> I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. If you have a question or comment. If you're in the chat rooms, why don't you wave? Wave to us. Say hi. Yeah. Give us some feedback. Again, 347-215-8051. love to hear from you. Okay. So uh, where were we? We were, where were we? Anyway, you had talked, you had asked me a question about the will. Yeah. Um, and so I was telling you the story of if my will is captured, then how can I be responsible for getting myself free? Which again comes down to people judging other people um, rather than getting after the devil. The, oh, the devil cannot make me do anything. Um, you say, well, can the devil read my thoughts? Um, you know, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter if you can read your thoughts or not because those thoughts are in your soul. And most of those thoughts he's probably planted there in the first place are thoughts of despair, defeat, discouragement, um, depression, uh, hopelessness, negativity, uh, gossip, uh, why me, oh no, what if. um, uh, So the thoughts that are rolling and rumbling around in your mind, most of them, if you don't, if you would check them out, you'd find that most of them have originated in hell anyway. So he already knows your thoughts, but can he make you do anything? Technically, he cannot. However, he is so good at, uh, what's that word when they play cards and they... Um, Bluffing? Yes, there you go. Yeah. I'm a big Not card. that we play cards or anything, but yeah. I... Uh, I watched a movie once and they played cards. Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah. <laughs> so I learned things. No, but, but bluffing. So he's very good at 
you know, think of yourself like this. You're, you're walking down the road of life. You're on your way to your destination, and it's a wonderful place. Pilgrim called it the celestial city. Um, and you're, you're on your way to this wonderful place. But in the meantime, on the road, the devil's going to set ambushments and obstacles and harassments. And, Detours. And if he gets you to believe the lie that he can make you give up or quit or he can make you do something, then you will sit down and he will win. You will need to know the devil cannot technically make you do anything you know he can take your will he can bind it up but paul was still able even when the devil was had his will bound up he said he was still able to his mouth to say cry out for help who will deliver me from Mm -hmm. this body of death so paul's will may have been bound his soul was bound his mind was locked up with fear his his i should say his heart was locked up with fear his mind was probably locked up with thoughts and and you know reasoning and whatnot and religion But in his spirit, man, he cried out, who will deliver me? So when you're walking down the road and you think, you know, I remember, you know, when I was early on in this, that God gave me that picture. He says, you, you don't have to quit. You know, you don't have to quit. You, and so my motto, you know, my motto is, you probably know because you're married to me. You know what it is? It's two words. Keep going. Going. Keep going. Just Mm -hmm. keep going. Just keep going. Because the answer is ahead of you. It's not behind you. Mm-hmm. You've got to deal with the stuff behind you mm-hmm. to fix the stuff ahead of you. But your answer is up the road, not back there. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Looking to Jesus. Run with, uh, I, I just want to... Uh, Hebrews chapter uh, Hebrews, 12. I'm going to read this, uh, if I may, mm-hmm. uh, from the Amplified Bible. Good. Uh, verses... Let's see. Let's, um, well, let's look at verses 1 through 3, Hebrews chapter 12, reading from the Amplified Bible. Therefore then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and, this, and that sin which so readily deftly and cleverly clings to and entangles us and let us run with patient endurance and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us looking away from all that will distract to Jesus who is the leader and the source of our faith giving the first incentive for our belief and is also its finisher bringing to maturity bringing it to maturity and perfection he for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him endured the cross despising and ignoring the shame and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of god just think of him who endured from sinners such grievous opposition and bitter hostility against himself reckon up and consider it all in comparison with your trials, so that you may not grow weary or exhausted, losing heart and relaxing and fainting in your minds. Mm-hmm. So that's a yeah, way of it's, uh, it's a, God is saying, keep going. Well, it's like uh, in the little movie Nemo, just keep swimming, 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 just keep swimming. swimming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I, I think that's what Jesus is saying there. Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Keep your eyes on me. I'm okay. You're okay. It's okay. 
Don't look at, don't listen to the lions roaring all around you. But, you know, going back to, um, so if it's not, um, you know, the devil's doing stuff, and, of course, he's wanting me to take the blame so that it can be my fault, so then I will be eligible uh, for him to punish me. The other side of that thing goes back to Romans again, where we're talking about, is it God's fault? And a lot of times if people, uh, if we don't be careful of how we deal with this thing, we're going to end up um, judging God for being unrighteousness. In in Romans chapter 3, I'm going to just start with verse 1, because this is kind of how it all began this morning for me. Uh, Yeah. What advantage then has the Jew or what is the profit of circumcision? So he's really saying there, what is the advantage of what Jews have? They had the law. They had the, the rituals and the prescriptions of the law, which would be circumcision. What advantage? Do they have an advantage? What would it be? He says, verse 2, much in every way, chiefly because to them was committed, committed the oracle of God. In other words, to that group of people, that nation, were committed the words of God through the prophets, uh, the commandments, the testimony, uh, God used that people to demonstrate his, um, his activity in the earth. It was through the Jewish people and all the world feared them because their God was a mighty God and he did what he said. And of course, he also punished his own kids and wasn't afraid to spank them in front of company uh, when they were behaving, misbehaving. That's right. So, uh, you know, but he says, but what, um, what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief, unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? In other words, if you decide not to believe God, which is your choice, which is actually being deceived to believe that it's your choice because you're being lied to and you're believing a lie because it's not the way you were originally were built. You weren't built to believe a lie. But we were, um, we're, we're vulnerable and influenceable. And so, therefore, because we're, we're not bad, we're not born bad, but we're born, born weak, vulnerable, which makes us easy targets for the devil. All he has to do is take mm-hmm. away our food, water, and and air pressures and temperatures, and we're squealing for mercy from the devil, if you will, sometimes. Um, so we're weak, and so therefore the devil can offer us. He tempts us, sets up the situation, uh, creates the vacuum, the emptiness, the void, the need, the hunger, and then he supplies the answer to that problem. Mm-hmm. And when we take his suggestions, that's, just, that's what we've just come into an agreement with the sin, and in, he then gets to rule over us. It's, we're agreeing with him and he comes and takes our authority. So, but, but God is saying here, even if um, <clears throat> you don't believe, you can do what you want, take your shots at God. You can use the breath God gives you to curse him. Go ahead, take your shots. God says, I'm not stopping you. Because you don't believe in me doesn't mean it's going to be the way you say it is. If you say, well, we just melt away into the earth. We go into the dust. We, you know, we reincarnate as butterflies. You can say whatever you want. You can make up any story you want, and if you can get somebody else to believe it, good. Then you've got a religion going on. But, you know, <clears throat> God says just because you, your unbelief doesn't make my, me change in my story or make me go away or make me unfaithful. Certainly not, he says. Indeed, let God be true and every man a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. Um, but So he's saying... God is anticipating judgment against him because he, and he's already saying, you know, and one of the ways we do judge God is by declaring that we have, uh, can't help it. 
were made this way. Now, it would be totally unreasonable for God to make us a way that he hates, make us contrary to his divine nature, contrary to his good pleasure, and then expect us to change on our own under the influence when we're under the influence of the enemy to change. And, and because he knows we can't do it, if he would expect us to do it, and everybody knows we can't do it, then God has set us up for destruction. Then God should be judged. But God did not set us up depraved, and he didn't set us up abandoned. He didn't say, okay, you're on your own. You've got to do it yourself. It's your choice. It's up to you. Use your willpower. Prove to me that you love me. He never says, prove to me. He tests our hearts and our minds. Yes, mm-hmm. he does. But we, we, we prove our love by following Jesus, by letting and trusting in the Holy Spirit to do his work in us rather than um, getting mad at God because, you know, I want something from God and I expected it to, to do this and go that way and it didn't and now I'm mad at God. So, you know, again, this, we're, we're so quick to blame God or ourselves, but why? Why? Just why? Why do we think it's so important for us to defend the devil? I'm asking you that question. You're asking me that question. Yeah. Well, a lot of times why we, do we, do that? we don't believe uh, that there is a devil influencing okay, us. Okay, so who would tell us that? The Holy Spirit? No, the, the, okay. the devil. Okay, he, and now wait, wait. He, he now, and who it. would get me to defend the demon? Who would do that? The Holy Spirit? The devil would. Okay, so we have a devil in there defending a devil and getting me to believe that he doesn't exist and that I'm picking on him. Well, so what, what happens? <laughs> and I believe me thinking my own thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea is, you know, how do we defend the demons? Is that part of it is that, number one, it's I- ignorance. There's ignorance and in, in not really knowing that or, or, or discounting the, or, or minimizing the treachery. The, the treachery of and the, the devil and that the fact that he's not just a little imp sitting on our shoulder just scratching our ears. Yeah, we have an angel on one side and the devil on the other. That's yeah, angel on one side and the devil on the other. But it, it's, there is a persistent influence. Diabolical plot. The plot, a strategy. Insidious. Well, it talks about <laughs> scheme? uh, the schemes Wild. of the enemy. So, oh, well, does God know what he's talking about? I mean, every other Every book in the Bible, it talks, especially the New Testament, gives you something, some information about the devil, his wilds, his strategy. I, I want to is share the scripture, if I may, from the Amplified Bible. Mm-hmm. Ephesians, uh, chapter, Ephesians six. chapter 6. Um, yeah, that's a good one. So, but I don't uh, believe in the devil, so we can cut that out of the Bible. We can take out what we like. You yeah, know. cut and paste the scriptures. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah right. mostly cut. It would be a holy Bible then, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. Full of holes. Full of holes. H-O-L-E-Y. Okay. Uh, Ephesians 6, 11. He just put on the whole armor, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier, which God supplies, that you may be able to successfully, able successfully to stand up against all the strategies. And then King James says wiles, strategies and deceits of the devil. So, uh, for we do, are not wrestling with flesh and blood. Now, the wrestling is very intense. If you, uh, you go to a high school wrestling match, that's very intense, mm-hmm. super intense. One little move 
can make a difference mm-hmm. between getting pinned mm-hmm. and pinning somebody. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's very intense. Uh, we not wrestle not with flesh and blood. It's not human beings or uh, that we're that we're the uh, conflict really is. So we have to look again. If we're having trouble with uh, uh, getting along with a person, mm-hmm. it's not just the person that's annoying. There's the spirits involved behind that behavior. But contending only with physical opponents. We're not contending with physical opponents, but against the despotisms, against the powers, and against the master spirits who are, verses, verse 12, the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness um, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. So there there are strategies that are going on mm-hmm. constantly, all kinds of subtle strategies. And uh, so um, well, the lies, you know, and, and basically it's it's lies. Lies is what well, works Jesus best. Well, Jesus said you shall know the truth, and the truth is such a free, so lies have to be bring us Yeah, lies, and... you know, it's just like if it ain't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, uh, that's what Satan does with his uh, his lies. So it's it's lying, but it's in a different. Uh, mm-hmm. He comes in different forms. Well, he lies about God. You know, I, going back to this this thing in Romans, it also talks about that same thing in um, Psalm fifty. You know that uh, that you know um, you've got you know that that he may overcome when he is judged. Uh, you know, if God would make it, set it up so that we would have to perform at a certain level perfection to get to heaven, knowing ahead of time that there's no way we could, you know, make that grade, make that standard. If God set up the rules, knowing ahead of time that there's no way we could do it, which he did with the law, and, and never provided another means, a grace means, uh, another option, he would be wicked. Yeah. And we would be justified in judging him. And, and when, however, I've got to say one more thing about that. This is critical. Because if we live our, our spiritual life based on the idea of good works and pleasing God through good works, then we have, we have actually condemned God and insulted him and called him depraved because we're putting him in a spot, judging him for expecting something from us we cannot do. Jesus said there's none good but one, and that's right. God. So if... God, our God, who's supposed to be good and kind and merciful, would have set us up to fail, deliberately set us up to fail, made no provision through grace or the cross, and expected you to be good to get to heaven. And, you know, and how many people spend their whole life, I, I was, I mean, honestly, they have worked all their life, all their religious life, and they're now old, to make God happy and hope they've done it right so they can get into heaven and you know, and they don't, they're not permitted to know that they can know what they know. And no. so, you know, um, I was at a reunion just a while back and one of my old relatives, um, as a matter of fact, pretty old, like 90. Okay. So he's been doing this for a long time. And I says, um, I, I says to him kind of in a, I suppose kind of a nice but blunt way, well, you getting ready to leave this place? <laughs> I suppose that wasn't too nice of me, but, you know, that's the nice thing. Are you, are you ready to die? I mean, you know where you're going when you're going to die. He says, well, he says, you know, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm hope, I hope so, you know, the typical. I said, well, right. what did Jesus say? I said, then I answered my own question. I said, well, he says, if you believe in me, 
you know, you'll have eternal life. I says, mm-hmm. Then I said to him, I says, does Jesus tell lies? You're either going to have to call Jesus a liar and do it yourself, or you're going to have to do what Jesus said and believe him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he didn't know what to say, so whatever. Yeah, well, that's good. Maybe it got him thinking in the right way. Well, the thing is, that's all, that's what it is, what that's the point is, is that if we make, uh, if we're taking a gospel that looks like the gospel of grace, because it's got some of the words, some of the phraseology, some of the elements, um, you know, and, and, and read scriptures out of the Bible and tells Bible stories, you know, and, and we go to churches and they're, and they're, they're preaching a gospel that has so much of it in it that we don't even, we assume it's the gospel of grace and it's not the gospel of grace. It's a, a, a clever imitation lookalike and you leave that place without the fruit showing up in your life and you're still stressed, distressed, depressed, um, antagonistic, uh, bitter, offended, insulted, mad at God, mad at yourself, mad at your spouse. You don't have the Holy Spirit working in you like he wants to. Mm-hmm. And you don't know grace. You know works, you know frustration, but you don't know grace. And there is only one gospel of grace. Mm-hmm. Now, there I got to preaching. And that's, the, and I'll say amen, sister. So That's good. Yeah. No, but that that's true. There's one gospel, and it's the gospel of of, of grace, and uh, and so I I just want to encourage those listening. I mean, if you're on this treadmill of of, of religion and church and works, yeah, and, and you don't really feel connected with God, trying to please God, and you know, with just you know by you know doing church or being on a committee or. Being good. Trying harder, being good, and struggling and failing and crying and going yeah. to seminars and classes and stuff like that. I mean, a seminar and a class can help you, but... Yeah, but you know, after but a while... You... After a while, it's like, you know, it's just same old, same old, yeah. and you're not really changing. Right, so, right. Uh, you know, it, it's really... The grace of Jesus is, is... There's life there. And what happens is that there is really... Um, uh, there's an imparted ability God gives it's, to, it's to the Holy Spirit. Your spirit is awakened mm-hmm. once you put your faith in Jesus. And really, it's not... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an alignment that takes place between uh, your will and God's will. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jesus said, I always do those things that please the Father. Now, we can't we can't say that with all honesty. We don't always do those things that please the Father. Mm-hmm. Well, we always but, have a choice to come back to there's it. A, there's a choice to come back, but when there is an alignment and it says, Lord, I, you know, the psalmist said, I delight to do your will, O God. You know, there's a reference to Jesus, so he delighted, he enjoyed the will of God so that the, the freedom is, is when you get in the... Um, you kind of get into the jet stream, okay? Mm-hmm, yeah. You get into the jet stream of the Word of God. If, if uh, oh, I guess if a plane God, can yeah. get into the jet stream where there's a there's a current going on, they're going to, you know, it's going to be more effortless. They effortless. They use less fuel. They just kind of cruise on through that. And so um, that's what that's so. what's called walking in the Spirit. And walking in the Spirit is not just for a bunch of super spiritual people. It's not just for, mm. it's not just some woo-woo concept where you're just all spacey and you're just in la-la land. 
It's 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 where you you're you're hearing the voice of God in your spirit. And you're walking. And you're walking in, in it, and you're go, in giving strength. in His strength and His ability. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just not your own. and it's just and it's like an exchange where it's like His will um, being lived out through you. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. His Spirit. It's His power. It's His grace. Just um, His life, really, in you. And that's the that's the thing is that when you become a believer, the life of Jesus comes within you mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of letting him live out his life in you and through you yeah. so yeah, it's like, uh, like this it's like um he is the potter he makes the pitcher and we're the pitcher he shapes it the way he wants then he pours the liquid in it whatever it is that he wants grace mercy mm-hmm. truth and then he carries the grace mercy truth that he wants distributed through us to the people who need to be encouraged or blessed so we're we're just a vessel in the hand of the lord and and a, a that's a blessing to him um it's a privilege to us but we're not you know and in, and yet in some ways it's christ in us that becomes the liquid that refreshes he says they will know you're my disciples by the love you have for one another so it's actually his life poured out to us but really it's all done by the holy spirit but we just have to uh, well we we want to cooperate we want to get to that place and it's not easy it's not oh there's not a place where there's no more suffering and there's never going to be another challenge but you can make a decision right now with your will because you can because the devil can't stop you you can make a decision to say lord thy will be done in and through me every day all the rest of my life as it's being done and declared in heaven there they've got 90 99% of your choices are now made in that mm-hmm. one decision. You don't have to think, well, should I go gambling today or should I... Uh, Rob the bank. Yeah. Or should I, you know, wash the dishes? I mean, probably it's going to be a wash the dishes kind of day, but you know the thing is, you're just not going to go with those kinds of options or choices or temptations. Should I do the drugs or shouldn't I do the drugs? You know, we're beyond that. We don't right. need that. They're not satisfying. They don't work. We, they, don't, they kill people. We don't want them. We don't need them. Why would I do them? The devil, you know, he can't tempt you with something you don't even want. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 So it's our lusts, our desires, our needs that the devil uses to entice us, to draw us away. Um, and if you're a young person listening and your friends want you to do drugs, you, you could say, well, you know, why would I want to do that? I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't need to. I don't need to do drugs. I don't want to do drugs. I don't need to do drugs. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do drugs to feel better about myself, to feel cool, to make you like me more, to to get you to be my friends. I have no desire. And if you have no desire to do something, you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, somebody's got to whip at your back and they're forcing you, and then you're not doing it in your own will anyway. Let me. I want to read this uh, from Galatians chapter five. Verse 16, uh, this passage I want to read, it's a little bit longer, but just focus here, and thank you for hanging with us here. But this is, from again, from the Amplified Bible. We're kind of comparing and contrasting the life in according to the second nature, what we call the sinful human nature, yeah. with the new 
nature mm-hmm. or, or the or the re- returning to the divine the nature. The returning to the divine nature mm-hmm. that which is being uh, becomes dominant because of the working of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. See, before it's like we're dead in sins and trespasses. Mm-hmm. So the second nature, the what we call the sinful nature, has the preeminence mm-hmm. before we before we come to Christ. Once we come to Christ, there's there's flip flop. The old nature comes down, drops off, becomes less and less influential in us. Upon if we us. if we choose, we if we choose, the yeah, choosing is important. walk in the spirit. And who, whose report fulfill. are you going to believe? Who who are you going to believe? That becomes so your will becomes the factor that makes one stronger than the other. You know, give no place to the devil. Don't give, feed the devil. Making the, making the, uh, Resist him. So, But if you choose to walk on that, that um, you know, line of temptation, um, indecision, um, then the enemy's going to stick around because he's going to say, well, maybe I've got a, sh- a shot at this yet. I'll just, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. bide my time and bring it back around. Mm-hmm. So don't play with things. Like if you've got to, if you've got a behavior in your life that you want to, you know, that you want God to get rid of, then you choose to work with Him. You know, I would want. The, I would house. want to encourage you um, that are listening, and I'll read this from Galatians. But mm-hmm. uh, Romans and Galatians are really books that should be read together. Um, uh, and Romans chapter eight, I would just encourage you to read Romans chapter eight. And if you can get uh, a hold of an Amplified Bible, now what all the Amplified Bible does, it brings out the various shades of meaning from the original Greek language in which the New Testament was written and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, so, But I would just encourage you to read carefully that because this is where, this is where we are to live as believers. Mm-hmm. Romans chapter 8. But before that, now, he said, um, um, Romans chapter 5, uh, Galatians, rather, chapter five sixteen. 16, but I say, walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit. Now, that's what Romans 8 is all about. Again, the middle part of uh, Galatians 5.16, then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh of human nature without God. For the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit. The, di- the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh or the godless human nature. For these are antagonistic to each other, continually withstanding and in conflict with each other. So there's a battle going on so that you are not free but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. Mm-hmm. But if you are guided... Just stop right there. Yep. So the conflict between the spirit and the soul, or between the sinful human nature or the, and, and the spirit of God, creates a conflict that binds us so that we don't get to do what we want to do. We're bound up. So there we're, we're at where Paul is, he's not doing what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Yep, Romans 7. So... Verse 18, Galatians 5. But if you are guided or led by the Holy Spirit, you're not subject to the law. Now the things, verse 19, now the doings or practices of the flesh are clear or obvious. They are immorality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, sorcery. That would be witchcraft. That would be 
mm-hmm. and drug use, that sort of thing. Pharmakia. Yeah. Enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, ill temper, selfishness, divisions or dissensions, party spirit, that is factions, sex, sects, S-E-C-T-S, with pe- peculiar opinions and heresies. Boy, do we have a lot of that today. Mm-hmm. Paul's in the last days, men will turn their ears from the truth and be turned to fables. Mm-hmm. Uh, verse 21, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do such things, in other words, those that are involved in practicing such things, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit. See, this is what we're... It's not the fruit of us being such nice guys. Mm-hmm. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The life of the Holy Spirit in us, which really... Uh, sort of expresses or reproduces the the life of Jesus through us. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within accomplishes. Wow. It's the work, not what we do, but which his presence within accomplishes is love, joy, or gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, or meekness. Against such things, there is no law that can bring a charge. And so, those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. In other words, crucified, it means you have let it die. You have not felt sorry for yourself and depraved, deprived, now I can't do all these things, and God is no fun. You know, God changes our desires, and so therefore what you thought was fun before, it becomes, yeah, like I don't care about it anymore. And God has just changed that, so it's not like, oh, I've got to give up everything I've ever known. It's a great change, and Mm -hmm. it's a transformation. Um, Romans 12, 2, we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. And Romans 6, 12 says, let not sin therefore reign as king in your mortal mm-hmm. short lived perishable bodies to make mm-hmm. you obey it yep. in its lust, cravings, and evil passions. And so we see there that there is a force that is trying to take over, uh, manage our will. I think some people, you know, they say they're strong willed or, you know, whatever. I believe there are some people whose wills have been taken over by the enemy and they can't help themselves and they need deliverance. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about doing, you know, that's another thing we didn't even bring up. So that, you know, when people are bound and not doing what they want to do and they're locked in like these adulteries and murders and fornications and uncleanness and da-da-da, he says those who do such things or practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Um, there are people who do those things, but they don't practice them. I mean, they, they maybe do it on a, something's happened, maybe in the past, maybe even even after they're saved. But because we don't get into heaven by, you know, being perfect or being good, we get into heaven because of the grace and the, of Jesus Christ, the blood of God, the blood of the Lamb. But nonetheless, I think there are things we do that can cause us to give uh, permission to the enemy to cause some trans some changes changes to be made in us ultimately, um, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, so, so it's the new life at Galatians five twenty five and twenty six. 
Um, it says, if we live by the Holy Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. If by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let us go forward, walking in line, our conduct controlled by the Spirit. Our conduct controlled by the Spirit. Let us not become vainglorious and self-conceited, competitive and challenging and provoking and irritating to one another, envying and being jealous of one another. So these are things, it's what you're, what you're not doing. It's not just what you're not doing mm-hmm. anymore. It's what you are doing now. Right. Walking in line, as it says here, right. our Holy conduct Spirit. controlled by the Spirit. That's right. And, you know, the thing is, uh, there's a lot more of this walk, this life, that God does. And that's why he downloaded the Holy Spirit into our spirit to bear witness with us that we are the, ch- the children of God. And um, it says, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. But God has revealed those things to us by his spirit that we might know them, First Corinthians 2, 9 through 11. So God has not left us orphans. He's actually made it so easy that he's downloaded his navigation software, the Holy Spirit, GPS, um, right inside of us. So it's like we have no excuses. Now, I understand that there are times we go through trials, wildernesses, situations where I believe the Holy Spirit deliberately sets those up to bring us to deliverance, to highlight an issue, a a lie that we've been believing, to get rid of um, some operating software that's still going on in our soul. Because the minute you're saved doesn't mean... um, um, Okay, so we have a question here. How does one use the gospel of grace to let go and let God, especially if one has um, bought into the gospel of fear? Good question. So the gospel of grace is the gospel of God's love. Fear and love are opposites. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear is from hell. Love is from heaven. Your first thing is to ask yourself when those fearful thoughts come into your mind, anxiety, fear, you know, what's going to happen? Oh, no. Who is talking to me? Is this the Holy Spirit talking to me? Uh, a lot of people think, well, no, no, this is me talking to me. Well, me talking to you is not you talking to you. Me is another reflection of you. It's another impersonator who's taken on the likes of you to present himself and his petition position to you to get you to agree with it without considering it or challenging it. So I am afraid. I am scared. Um, these ter- these torment. I know a lot of people are really terrifying things going on in their brains, in their minds, in their mornings when they wake up, they can't get out of bed, they're penned to the bed, they're anxious at night, they're or in the morning and they're depressed at night. And this the gospel of fear, intimidation, you know, you better be good. Uh you know, the the Santa Claus gospel of, you know, you better be good or you won't get anything from God. Uh you you first of all, here's what you say. You say, Lord, I repent. I confess my sin of believing a lie, of substituting the gospel of fear for your gospel of grace. I repent of trying to be good and earning my own way to heaven and shunning or insulting the, God, the grace of Jesus Christ. I cancel out every agreement I have made with that gospel of fear. And you know, that gospel of fear can look like good works for a while, and then it, it, then it turns into more of a 
I give up, I can't do it good enough. Then it turns into a gospel of guilt. It's my fault and I failed. I don't deserve good things. Then it turns into a gospel of get mad. And then it turns into a gospel of go away because it doesn't work. And, or, or you can stay in the church and pretend everything's okay and just start gossiping. So all of those are the fruits of the wrong gospels. But the gospel of grace of Jesus Christ is the love of God, aware of his presence. And so when you're declaring, I cancel out all agreements I or my family have made with the gospel of fear, and a lot of those, by the way, will come from your um, family bloodlines uh, and their their connections with various synods or uh, churches or various belief systems, Um, some of those religious belief systems that are quite popular and well-known denominations breed a lot of fear, a lot of legalism, a lot of law, and it's, it's, you know, it's so inbred, it's almost like it's in your DNA. And so you're going to have to ask the Lord to delete all those programs because you can't do that. You don't even know where to start. So the Holy Spirit knows what's real and what's religious and what's fake and what's his. So ask him to start sorting it out and, and, and sweeping out the junk, the lies, the demons who are running those religious programs because you've got some pious deceivers in there for sure. And they're going to crack the whip and make you think it's God and make you think that you're not going to make it. And you got to, and, and they're familiar, so you're used to them. So you're not going to even notice them, um, or you're going to be, or you're actually going to be uncomfortable with the gospel of grace. It's like um, when I left the church I was raised in, and it was very sit, stand up, sit down, genuflect, you know, da da da, uh, very regimented, very ritualist, ritualized. And I went into a more freestyle. Um, raise your hands, praise the Lord. You know, I was like, oh, this is really weird. Because one thing I wasn't used to it was fun. I was good. I liked it, but it was still weird. And so, because um, I wasn't used to it at that point yet. So you're going to have to say familiar spirits of religion, pious deceivers, you be gone. I choose the gospel of grace. I was built by God to know God. And then go to your Bible after you've declared the truth, that you want the truth. Go to the Bible and say, Holy Spirit, you lead me. Show me. Get, make this puzzle, make these pieces fit together as you would, as you will show me. And you, and you know, a lot of times I don't get something. I'll just say, Holy Spirit, I don't get it. I just don't get this. And before the day is out or within two or three days, he has given me a really cool analogy, picture, parable, whatever you want to call it, of how to explain it. It's just very, very cool. I just, it's been a blessing to have that sort of thing. Um, and if, you, if you're feeling blocked and numb and stupefied and um, if there's some resistance to the gospel of grace, it uh, could be coming from a spirit of rebellion that's coming from a, of it's up to me, which comes from condemnation. They're all kind of entangled in this vicious cycle um, of try harder, never enough. Um, Terry, do you have anything you want to add to that? For you've, uh, you've covered it pretty well. The, the God is... Oh, one more thing I just thought. Yeah. Okay, think of it and then... Yeah, it, it's it. that you, you want to surround, first of all, when you read the word, begin to say, Holy Spirit, you just, I'm taking off my religious glasses, my works glasses, my fear goggles, and I'm just going to read this thing. And you say, well, a lot of people, when they read the Bible, it's all full of, you know, the wrath of God, the damnation, da-da-da-da. So we see, they, the devil wants us to see God is, is angry, mad, upset, Um but if you realize what God is doing and why he's upset and what's going on at the time, and, and not, you know, it's not every verse in that Bible that's mean and, and, and judgmental is meant for you, just like not every shoe in the shoe shop is meant for you to, to it doesn't fit you. You can't just put it on and wear it. Um, 
and so some of these things are meant to be our examples. Some are to, meant to, you know, show the glory of God, tell the story of what happened to people who didn't listen, whatever. But ultimately, all of the New Testament is grace, mercy, peace, the grace, mercy, love, peace of God be with you everywhere. It's just you've got grace, love, mercy, peace, goodness, and then you've got them telling us about the devil. You put those two ideas together and you get the idea of there being a war, a battle, a spiritual battle. And God is, a good, is the good guy and he is for you, like Jerry said in Romans 8. If you read Romans 8, it, what can separate us from the love of God? And, and say, whole, say, spirit of fear, spirit of separation, spirit of abandonment, spirit of bitterness against God, I command you to leave. I command you to shut your mouths. I command you to take down your strongholds, your programs, delete them by the blood of the Lamb. I declare God is good, God is for me. And then you read Romans 8 over yourself, especially starting with the, the last half of that chapter. Um, what can separate me from the love of God? Can, um, and I think we've talked about that on the radio a little bit before. I don't know if you've listened to some of those other shows, but um, there's a lot of teaching we do on here, and it's, it's, I'm so glad you're asking this question. Um, let me just let us pray for you right now, because um, Father God, for this one who's asked this question, and there's many, 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 super many out there who will ask this question, um, how do we stop going with the gospel of fear and good works and get into the gospel of grace? Well, the good news is, the gospel of grace is already in us. If you're saved, you've accepted Jesus, you believe, you died on the cross, that Holy Spirit is dwelling in you. And then we say, as we pray for this one, what shall we say to these things, Lord God? If you are for us, if you're for my brother, my sister, who can be against him? For you who did not spare your own son, but delivered him up for all of us, how shall you not with him also freely give us all things? So who shall bring a charge against us, against your elect? It is you, Lord God, who justifies. Who is he who will condemn us? It is Christ who died for us and furthermore is risen, who also sits even at your right hand, Lord God, who also makes intercession for us. Who can separate us from your love, Lord, Lord God, or from the love of Christ? Can tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword or fear? As it is written, Lord, you already know this that for your sakes we're killed all day long, we suffer, we're counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, Lord God, the truth is in all these things that we are more than conquerors through you because you loved us. For I am persuaded, I believe, I declare that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that includes fear and anxiety and fear of the future, and persecution, and lack, and what if, and oh no. I declare, Lord God, for my brother and sister, that nothing, that they will know the revelation of Jesus Christ, that nothing can separate them from your love, including this lie, this program that they've been sitting under, uh, operating under, uh, bound by all their life. I command that that thing now be deleted in the name of Jesus Christ. As we declare, your will be done, and your will is love, grace, truth, um, restoration, and reunion with you, Lord God, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We declare that for my brother and my sister, that these, these, bind, these binding spirits of heaviness, woundedness, uh, the, the negativity, I sense that in you there is a, um, uh, just a, a sadness, uh, a disappointment about things you'd hoped for, um, in yourself to see that yourself would be, you'd be able to be doing by now 
uh, and things you'd hoped God would do for you that has not yet happened. And the devil is using that to make you feel bad, guilty, unworthy, like it's your fault, like God doesn't care, you're on your own. And Father, we just come against that spirit of discouragement and disappointment tonight. And we ask that you release my brother and sister into grace. And I believe that there's a word for you, uh, a prophetic word for you too, that that it's going to be something is happening inside of your being that's going to lighten. You're going to feel much lighter. It's like you can almost breathe um, better. You can breathe uh, more freely, deeper. Your lungs are going to be the binding, the band on your lungs um, is being cut so your lungs can actually take in oxygen and breathe. Mm-hmm. And you feel like you're being ref- getting life back into your body. And that spirit of fear that causes the gripping, it's gripping somewhere. I'm not sure if it grips your head, your heart, um, or your muscles. I'm not sure where it's gripping. I commend that gripping, uh, the grip of the terrible one, the spirit of fear. I commend you to loose this man, this woman, and let them go now and never return. You are dismissed forever. Shrink to your proper size and go to the pit. And Lord, in that place, Jesus I ask that you give my brother and my sister a deep, holy, powerful revelation of your presence that they might know that you are with them. Now, for you that ask this question and for you that are listening to this prayer, you might want to give us a little feedback, a little um, information um, to let us know how we might better pray for you. That would be great. And they can do that by coming to... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. My email is mcole at liferecovery.com, m as in Margie, C-O-L-E at liferecovery.com or or your email. Yeah, you could go to uh, truelightchurchmn.org. Org. Dot org. Dot org. Dot org. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, we're not orking that, but truelightchurchmn.org, either one. And, and for you also, uh, I have the scripture uh, from uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. From the uh, again, I'm reading from the Amplified Bible here uh, for this one. In this freedom, Christ has made us free, completely liberated us. Stand fast then, and do not be hampered and held, ensnared, and submit again to a yoke of slavery, which you have once put off. And so, Lord, I thank you for this one, Lord, that's contacted tonight. Just that they would put off, and in Jesus' name, mm-hmm. I put off this yoke of slavery. You've called us to be sons and daughters, servants. Mm-hmm. And and for you that have contacted us with this question tonight, the idea is with serving the Lord, it's not, it's not I have to. It's I want to, and I get to. Mm-hmm. through the enablement of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that, Lord, this revelation yes, will come. It's not that I, 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 I have to or I got to, but it's that because of the Spirit of God within you, I want to, I get to. Mm-hmm. And I and can I do, like Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. So I just pray now, again, uh, I agree with Marjorie's prayer. I agree with the cry of this, the heart of this one, that there would be that liberty, that loosing, that freedom. And and I want to say this too, that many times we equate 
freedom with with sinfulness that I'm free to do whatever I want to do. Um, you know, and if we think of freedom and liberation as just like chaos, anarchy, and that's not it. It's not that the freedom, it's freedom of to G- be free. To be angry. It's freedom to just to have no the joy of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Not living in fear, right, not right. living in this uh, this entanglement, not living under religious spirits, mm-hmm. but just living. It's like um, it's just <laughs> it's just life. It's just the new life of Jesus, and it's a glorious, glorious freedom because mm-hmm. of the transformation Jesus has made in you, and then the the leading of the Holy Spirit yeah. that uh, it, 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 uh, leads you and empowers you enables you to uh, it's again it's the fruit of the spirit just let the spirit of god work Mm -hmm. through you amen yeah and you know for all of you uh, even if you don't want to you know if you want to email your questions or uh, your con your comments through the chat room through questions we just love to have them lord god and we ask you now to father just secure and seal what we've said tonight let the enemy not be yes, able to Lord. snatch it, dissipate it, or, or uh, scatter it about, but that your people will gather and understand their minds. They'll come back into their sound minds to, to know and understand what the will of the Lord is. Yes, Lord. And that this will make sense, Lord, to them. Lord, you, Holy Spirit, put all the pieces together. And Father, we bless them until next week. We may we may pray for your encouragement upon each one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good night, all. Thank you for... Joining us on Rescue Radio. God bless you. Mm -hmm. I have an emergency. What is your location?